What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Why is not being the smartest person in the room good for team performance? I'm CT, co-founder of Engage Rocket, and with me to answer that question in the studio today is Oksana Lukash. Oksana is the VP of People at Avid Bioservices, and it's a great pleasure to have you on the show with us today, Oksana. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit more about what Avid does and what, what a VP of People at Avid would have to do on a day-to-day basis. Avid is a pharmaceutical manufacturer in the liquid pharma space. We're located in Tustin, California. Uh, We are a 30-year-old company, and as our CEO says, we are big enough to matter, but small enough to care. And I have had the pleasure of joining Avid as uh, the VP of People in October of 2022. I was brought in to really look at the a function, see how it partners with the business, see where some of the enhancements can be made. So definitely have been uh, working very diligently on that ever since. Love that. Big enough to matter, small enough to care. And I, I imagine that as the VP of people, that's got to be a big part of your job, like that second half of the, the model. How does care look like? Definitely still not perfect, but what we're working on is ensuring that we are going to eventually be recognized as employer of choice, that we are the company where employees can bring their full selves to work, whatever that looks, and have an opportunity to do their best work. So it's not a one size fits all. It's having an an organization and people leaders that can truly focus on each individual, their unique talents, their unique perspectives, and all of us fit together like pieces of a puzzle to be able to do the work that we do with our clients to serve the patients at the end of it. It sounds very much like having that human-centric approach to building the organization is a big part of what Avid does. And a big part of what we do on the HR Impact Podcast is to ask about how building elite teams function in in different organizations. And in one like Avid, where you have that focus on the human element, how do you go about building and maintaining those elite teams in such an environment? Um, And why is it important to not be the smartest person in the room? First of all, I think it's impossible being the smartest person in the room. We live in a world where everything is changing. Change is the only constant and the rate of change only continues to evolve. So I can definitely talk about how I've come in. I've had an opportunity to assess the team that was in place, be able to make some changes, bring on some additional talent. And one core focus for me from the very beginning was to have a solid team and not just have a solid team, but have a solid team of experts in their respective areas of expertise, which takes, again, 
work by being able to realize what my potential strengths and also areas of opportunities are. Being very honest of looking in the mirror and identifying what those shortcomings might be and surrounding myself with individuals that are experts in the areas where I might not be and vice versa, where my strengths can complement their areas of opportunity. And then also the next part is really evaluating that fit for the culture ad. I wouldn't even say fit, it's more culture ad because each one of us can bring something unique and different. And that to me has really made a huge difference on my own team. I feel that we all are actually friends. That was not by design, it just happened, uh, but we all care about one another. We're not going to go home and leave somebody else behind to work extra hours where we can stay potentially an extra 30 minutes and then that way all of us can accomplish something that much quicker together. We have fantastic communication, which allows for us to have very honest conversations, which also selfishly, I would say for me, allows my team to bring anything and everything to me. So I'm in the know of what's going on within the organization, what is going on within our respective teams, where some of those challenges might be, because my team knows we have that trust and I will focus more on the message not the messenger and not going to shoot the messenger in the process. And we are more focused on results and actions versus some of those unnecessary politics. You spoke a bit about strengths and weaknesses. Uh, so being very cognizant of your own strengths, how do you go about doing that? And then moving on to looking out for these in potential teammates in interviews. It's not on a job description. How do you go about finding, assessing that people are indeed that culture ad and they're just not presenting a front in the, the interview process. I think it takes a very good approach of knowing what you're trying to vet for in the interview. But I would say even before that, if I can take a step back, there's definitely lots of different assessments that are available. For example, I've used DISC and String Finders for quite a few years. And that right there gives you a very good overview of each person's individual communication style and the drivers and the influencers for what motivates each individual. So knowing my assessment very well, having also had an opportunity to go through a number of 360 feedback sessions and assessments, there's definitely opens opportunities to identify what are my strengths as viewed by everyone that I interact with as my areas of opportunity. And then being able to process that, digest it, and then have honest conversations with the individuals that have provided feedback to better understand those strengths that I bring to the table. And then taking all of that information collectively and going back, for example, to the DISC assessment, it does give you the ability to run a DISC wheel on your entire team to see where everyone's communication style, where their drivers fall, and to see where some of those empty gaps on the wheel are to where you can focus in those respective areas. For example, um, depending on the role of the individual that I'm adding to my team, that can help me assess what are the important features and strengths that would make somebody successful within that role.
and then be able to really be very thoughtful and intentional about the questions that I will ask in the interview process to really drill down and be able to assess those areas. But then also what has been successful for me is being honest and transparent in an interview of helping the candidate understand what it is that he or she that possibly walking into. So that way I relate interviewing and that whole entire process a little bit to dating where the success of the interview all comes out to of how well do you know yourself and how honest and transparent are you going to be on that journey. I need to remember that the best outcome is both uh, a situation that is best for both myself, the organization, and the candidate. So I need to keep that candidate experience in mind. I need to make sure that I'm not telling somebody that they're walking into one situation when I know it's going to be polar opposite. I think you're increasing your chances for success because they're not going to feel like they've been blinded. And also as a final part of everyone that joins or potentially joins my team, one of the things that I do is ensure that the final step is going out to either lunch or dinner or coffee with the entire team and that final candidate. This gives me an opportunity to truly see how that person fits and adds to the dynamic of the team. Is there any awkwardness? Is it a clash of personalities? How, for example, that individual treats um, the servers and the wait staff in the restaurant is always a huge tell because I want people that are going to treat everyone the same, regardless of their title, regardless of their role, especially being in the people function. Wow. It's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community. Get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR impact. And now back to the show. I, I love that. It's a really rigorous assessment and interviewing process. Given that you spoke about building that team of experts. So they're coming to the table with strong domain expertise, with deep um, knowledge in particular areas, and they're a culture ad, and they have to fit. So does it take a long time to find someone? No, it absolutely can take a while. I know when, for example, I was looking for my TA manager, I think the entire process took about two and a half, three months. But my take on this is always that I would rather take the extra time during that recruiting process and really feel absolutely 100% comfortable with my decision versus trying to cut the time at the beginning and hope for the best because bad hires are very expensive. It could be like cancer to the team, especially if you're really trying to work and nurture a certain culture and a certain dynamic within the team. It's very difficult to build it, but it's very easy to be able to upset it and break it. So that is one thing that I don't want to do. So I would rather take as long as it takes and really get the feedback from my entire team members. And re I'm not the only decision maker. I'm the final decision maker and I'm going to live with that choice 
be it positive or if we do make a mistake, I do also take the feedback from my team very seriously because that ensures that I don't have blinders on and potentially overlooking some of the red flags that might be there. Has there ever been a case in which you've gone through this process two and a half, three months, you brought someone in and within the first couple of weeks you realize, oh no, I think we made a mistake. Definitely. It's not perfect. And we're all human. We're all make mistakes. I think the important part is then to identify it fairly quickly, be able to see where is the disconnect? Is it possibly that the individual might just be overwhelmed and is having just a hard time being able to come up to speed? And it's something where the team and myself can rally around the person and be able to help him or her out to be able to be the best version of themselves. But if it truly you identify that it is a situation where it's not working, it's an opportunity to assess, okay, is it a situation where it's just completely not a fit? Unfortunately, if that's the case, there's very limited ways to be able to mitigate that. If it is a situation where it's maybe more the individual has fantastic skills, but the role just was not, is not the best fit for them, but those skills can be utilized somewhere else within the organization. But I think if you just realize it's not a fit for both sides, it's best to be able to be very honest, to be transparent, and you're doing a service for that individual as well, because they're probably feeling it too. But most of us are usually not comfortable and usually scared of admitting that maybe I did not do my best due diligence as a candidate and made the wrong decision by joining this organization that might not as accurately align with what I was looking for in my values. So I've been always curious about this. For roles that are maybe highly specialized and there's a very limited amount of people who qualify, in, in my experience, these people tend to get hired very quickly once they're on the market. And it, it's sometimes difficult to go through a, a more in-depth process with them. And you might find yourself in starting that process and then a week in, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I've got an offer from someone else. I really like you guys, but... Is there a way we can expedite that process? How do you deal with those? If you can be speedy, that's great. The overall, the process can be lengthy just for the fact that you're not finding those right candidates. But when you do find somebody that meets a lot of the criteria that you have and what you're looking for, speed is of the essence because to your point, the talented um, individuals that have those um, special skills that also tend to have strong focus on culture, strong focus on teamwork leadership, they're going to be wanted and um, by lots of different organizations and they're usually recession proof. Great talent is great talent, period. So once you identify those individuals and start talking to them, I definitely encourage everyone to move as quickly as you can. At the beginning, I think it's very important to assess and just let the candidate know that your intention and your goal is to have the best outcome for all the parties involved and really understand what are those non-negotiable 
goals for the candidate and what are, are they looking for. And if they're looking for that home, if they're looking for an organization that they want to join and grow with them and stay with them for a period of time, then you can go back and focus on, describe your interview process, describe how many steps it's going to be. Definitely ensure you're not an organization that has eight, 10, 12 or more interviews. Be intentional on every step, but also don't sacrifice that quality. If I can summarize everything that you've talked about in terms of how do you go about building a solid team of experts around yourself, making sure that they're a culture ad, and then balancing that speed and quality through that whole process. How would you summarize these into actionable steps for the listeners? I would say first, as a leader, know your strengths and weaknesses. I would say more importantly, your weaknesses in areas where you're not the best expert, where you need help. Be able to assess the skill gaps on your current team and where you have areas of opportunity. Focus on where's the business going, because what are the skill sets that you have now is important, but what skill sets do you need for where the business is going to be in a year, two years, or three years? And then as those new opportunities on your team open up, ensure that you have the ability to assess and be able to do that in such a way that does attract the best talent, and then also be thoughtful, be intentional, but also keep the timing of it in mind because you also don't want to lose the great talent or make the experience so lengthy that they're just going to get frustrated and walk away because you're not able to make a decision. So being very aware of your strengths and weaknesses, understanding where the business is going and being thoughtful and intentional with speed. So Thanks so much for uh, breaking all of that down for us, Oksana, and for hanging out with us today. If the listeners wanted to get in touch with you to dive into any of these in a bit more detail, what's the best way for them to find you? They're definitely very welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm an avid LinkedIn networker, so I would love to connect with anybody and continue the discussion. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Oksana. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you have found this useful and uh, lots of good takeaways from today's episode. Make sure you leave us a review and tune in next time on the HR Impact Show for more uh, incredible insights like what Oksana has shared with us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.